It's time now for another edition of Roarman's Raging Softball Report. Everything Louisiana softball. Now, here's your host, loving Louisiana softball since 1981. It's the Roar Man. Hello, and welcome into another edition of my softball podcast. I am the Roar Man. I really do appreciate you tuning in. I made the trip up to Clemson, South Carolina for the regional softball tournament. I left Lafayette and drove to Pelham, Alabama, which is just outside of Birmingham. I spent the night there. It was an eight and a half hour drive. I got up Friday morning and drove to Clemson. It took me five hours, so a very, very long drive. I got to the park just as the Clemson UNC Wilmington game was ending. Clemson won that in run rule fashion, nine to nothing. Let me just say that the park is very nice. It's right across from the football field, or football stadium, I should say. Uh, It's brand new. It's only been in existence for about three years. They did an excellent job. However, there is not much cover, so there is barely any shade on any of the seats, and there is no net, so foul balls do land in the stands. When I got to the park, I found out that Coach Glasgow, along with Sam Landry and Alexa Langoliers, were not in attendance. They all have COVID. I knew about Coach Glasgow. I thought he might have made it, but he was not there. At least to my knowledge, he was not. And neither were Sam Landry or Alexa. It was kind of like a dagger through the heart. The Cajuns were set to face Auburn. And as I said in a previous podcast, in order for the Cajuns to win this regional, they would have to play perfect softball. And it was going to be even more difficult now without two of their starters available. Well, they almost played perfect softball, but unfortunately they did not. And they lost to Auburn by the score of four to three. And here's how it happened. The game got off to a great start for the Cajuns as Stormy swung at the first pitch she saw and lined it to left field for a single. She stole second. She then advanced to third on an error. Then Jordan Campbell would fly out to center field, scoring Stormy from third, and the score was one to nothing. Let me say at the park it was 91 degrees, and the wind was blowing straight in from center field at about 15 miles per hour. It kind of reminded me of Tiger Park at LSU when the wind blows in from the Mississippi River. So in the bottom of the first inning, with a runner on first base, Auburn's power hitter, a freshman by the name of Ellis drove a ball over the left field wall for a two-run homer. I mean, the ball was crushed. If it would have been at Lampson Park, it would have been over the bleachers and into the trees at Lampson. So now the score was 2-1. to one. It was Ellis's 19th home run of the year, and that set the record for the most home runs ever hit in the history of Auburn softball for a freshman player. I mentioned the Cajuns were going to have to play perfect softball in the field, at the plate, and in the circle. And I got to tell you, Shorman, it wasn't the worst pitch. It was just a little bit inside, and Ellis drove it over the left field fence. In the Cajuns' half of the second inning, they tied the score at two as uh, Mayu lined out to left field. Heath doubled down the left field line. And then she advanced to third on a passed ball. Then Maddie Hayden 
doubled down the left field line, scoring Heath. And again, the score was 2-2. Two to two. In the third inning, Auburn took the lead once again. A batter reached first by beating out a bunt. She stole second. Then she scored on a single to center field, making the score 3-2. to two. The Cajuns' top of the fourth inning was very interesting to me. It looked to me like they, the, the hitters were instructed to swing at the first pitch, which they did, and they hit three pop-ups to the outfield, and the Auburn pitcher got through the inning on just four pitches. So again, the Cajuns were not trying to drive the ball. They were not trying to play small ball. They were trying to hit it out of the park. And again, the Auburn pitcher only threw four pitches. In the fifth inning, the Cajuns really had an opportunity to take control of the game. Here's what happened. Lainey Crader pinch hit for Ari Quiones. She walked on a really good at-bat. Quiones was then put in to pinch run for Crader. Maddie Hayden then singled to left field, and Quiones advanced to second. Next up, Kayla Falterman laid out a really nice sacrifice bunt, and uh, Maddie advanced to second, and Quiones advanced to third. Then the pitcher threw a wild pitch, and Keona scored, tying the game at three. So now you had a runner on third base with only one out, and the next two hitters, Stormy Kay and Raina O'Neill, both struck out swinging. That was a great opportunity for the Cages to get the go-ahead run, and it just did not happen. Auburn did not score in the bottom of the fifth, and the Cajuns did not score in the top of the sixth. In the sixth inning, with a one out, and Auburn's leading hitter, Ellis, who hit the two-run homer, was at the plate again. And here's what happened at the at-bat. The first two balls that Shorman threw were both rise balls that were way out of the zone. And I'm thinking to myself, well, she's not going to pitch to her. She's just going to kind of intentionally walk her. So the next pitch she threw was a changeup, and Ellis swung at it, and she kind of looked silly doing so. The next pitch Shorman threw was a pitch that was just off the outside of the plate, and Ellis reached out and hit it over the wall in center field, making the score 4-3. to three. In the bottom of the seventh, with their last chance, with two outs, Maddie Hayden beat out a grounder to third base, so the Cajuns were still alive. However, Kayla Falterman then hit a, uh, a pop-up to the center fielder, and the game ended. Auburn wins 4-3. to three. A very close, competitive game, a heartbreaking loss for the Cajuns. You know, going into the game, knowing that they would not have Landry or Langoliers, it kind of had to be gut-wrenching for them, but they really fought. They fought very hard. Again, I said they were going to have to be perfect. They almost were, but just a couple of things came up to really keep them from advancing to the winner's bracket. And here are a couple of things that happened. I really believe the only player on Auburn's team that could have beaten the Cajuns was Ellis, and she did it. Not once, but twice. The other thing is the Cajuns only had five hits, and three of those hits were by Maddie Hayden. Stormy Kay had a hit, and Heath had a hit. And I got to tell you, I don't think that the Auburn pitcher, Pinta, was that great. I think she's a middle-of-the-road SEC pitcher. She did have a nice rise ball, 
But again, the Cajuns only had five hits. It seemed to me like they were trying to hit the long ball when the wind was blowing in at probably 15 miles per hour. I would like to have seen them play a little bit more small ball and put pressure on the defense. So the Cajuns now go to the loser's bracket where they will play UNC Wilmington tomorrow. Then they will face the loser of the Auburn Clemson game. And if they win that one, they will have to win two games on Sunday to advance. That's all I've got for you. It was a fun, exciting day. Unfortunately, the Cajuns came out on the short end of the stick, as the saying goes, and they will have to come from the loser's bracket to advance to the next round. That's all I've got for you today. This is the Roar Man saying, as always, thanks for listening, and go Cajuns!